the volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Vredestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. The 3 and Out podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds, markets for the NBA, the NHL, college basketball, obviously the PGA Tour, number one sports book, easy to use, safe and secure, gets your winnings fast. That's a key in under two hours. How do you beat that? It's fun to combine multiple bets from the same game, make it a little parlay. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on? Go Low Podcast on the Masters Week. Augusta National, and they have a five-time champion who we did not anticipate as of a couple weeks ago playing. A lot has changed in the last 10 days. And as he essentially confirmed today, and the Masters and the PGA Tour has embraced it because he's teeing off at 10.35 Eastern Time Thursday, playing again at 1.35 Eastern Time on Friday, Eldrick Tiger Woods. Uh, what a moment. What a day. We'll talk a lot about Tiger. Also talk about just some other things, other guys uh, that I anticipate playing well or that I'm interested to see this week. Some of my bets, Jason Sobel of the Action Network, we recorded last week because he's there right now, and it's such a zoo, we knew that we might not be able to talk to him. So recorded last week with him, basically went over all the top players. You can read his, uh, if you go follow Jason Sobel on social media or the Action Network, the website, he does a big gambling preview, he's the best. Uh, And then of course, Golopod is the Instagram, at Golopod is the Instagram. 
Um, slide up into those DMs and get your question answered here on the podcast. Very easy to do. Slide up into those direct messages and get your question answered here on the podcast. I just wanted to start with my own excitement. I say this all the time. I was as big of a sports fan probably up until my early 20s as any human you've ever met. From like 5 to 23, 24, it didn't get any bigger. And as I got working in the business, it just your relationship changes, right? When you work, like in anything, your relationship with any industry, the moment you work in it, just changes. That's that's natural. I think the one thing that sucks, and there are a lot of positives, and listen, I don't have anything negative to say about what I do, except that my the purity of my relationship with the sport of football, with I, I, golf, I'm still kind of a fanboy for, but just all the sports has dramatically changed as I've met people in the business, as I know people inside the sport, whether it be executives, players, whatever. It's just not quite the same. And I was as big of a San Francisco 49er fan as you'll ever meet growing up. And people still think, like, Middlecoff, you have a podcast that basically just talks about them. Aren't you a big fan? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I want them to win because it's good for business. But if you told me this upcoming season, would you rather have them go 0-17 and quadruple your revenue or have them win the Super Bowl and cut your revenue in half? I would choose quadruple my revenue every single time. So my relationship with the team I love the most, hell, the San Francisco Giants are a team that I've loved most of my life. I hate their manager. I think Gabe Kapler is the biggest fraud. I'm rooting for them to lose. I want that guy to go away. I've adopted the Warriors because I like Steph, Clay, and Dre, but I say it all the time. If they weren't on the team and it was like James Harden and some other random player, I wouldn't give a shit about them. My relationship with most sports is very conditional. Tiger Woods is the one guy and the one kind of uh, asset in sports that makes me feel like a 12-year-old again. I felt the little kid, the sports fan, that so many of you guys that DM me about your favorite football teams or your question about sports that I I can see in you guys that I once had at at the deepest core of my being that I've kind of lost, I get it back when it comes to Tiger. I cried when he won the Masters in 2019. Not like cried like, You lost a family member or you got married or something. But just, I was emotionally moved. And Tiger is the one person that I can proudly say I'm a fanboy of. I I root for the guy. No matter what. I I couldn't be, I mean, I'm sure there are bigger Tiger Woods fans, but I am a Tiger Woods fanboy. And he makes me feel like a 10, 12, 15-year-old guy again, which sometimes I miss as I age. And I get so numbed to everything. Part of it is you become like... Again, the one negative of doing this is it's a business. And like, I, I not that mo- I have said over and over, money does not change my mood. You know, whether you cut me a $500,000 check or a $5,000 check, like ultimately I'd be happy a little bit longer with the bigger check, but it's not going to change like who you are. It just, you just kind of become numb to it all. And which sucks because you're doing something that so many people are so emotionally invested in. And I am too, but it's from a business standpoint. And the one thing is, it's why I wanted to start talking about golf because I'm watching it so much, I might as well monetize it, but I can still be a huge fan of Tiger, which is freaking awesome. And you obviously want him to win, but if he loses, who cares? It's a great story. And I think him playing 
the buzz and anticipation for this Masters has a chance to me to be the biggest of my adult life. And I'm 37 years old. I would say the second biggest was probably when he was playing for the Tiger Slam in 2002. So to me, Tiger Woods playing in this Masters is infinitely bigger than the one he won. Now, the outcome of it, him winning that Masters, was bigger probably than him if he doesn't win this Masters. But in terms of the anticipation and the buzz of this guy, again, he doesn't move the needle. He is the needle. He's bigger than the sport. LeBron James can't say that. Tom Brady can't say that. Lewis Hamilton can't say that. Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, Serena Williams can't say that. This guy is literally bigger than the sport. He knows it. We know it. They all know it. Every single guy attending this major, besides like Bernhard Longer and some of the older guys, any guy under 40 should write Tiger Woods a personal thank you note this week and leave it in his locker. And it should include things like, thank you for making me a 1% of the 1%er. Well, at least the top like 20 guys in this tournament. The other guys should just say, thanks for making me really rich. Thanks for building my wife the dream home of her that she's been dreaming about since she was a little kid. Thanks for sending my children to private school. Thanks for making me able to be a multimillionaire playing golf. And I'm the 60th ranked guy in the world. Thank you, Tiger. We appreciate you. Because without you, the Masters would still be here. The purses wouldn't be close. And ultimately, they're playing golf for money. That's what their business model is. You play golf for cash. And Tigers made them all a shitload. And the buzz and anticipation out there Thursday and Friday, to me, is going to cut the field in a third immediately. Like, only a third of the field has a chance. 60% of them, 66%, whatever the math is, I'm just a state school guy, see ya. You ain't going to be able to handle it. If Tiger's playing well, and that just means just a couple under is just kind of in the mix, the buzz, the tension, the pressure out there is going to ramp up exponentially, quickly. Because there is no roar like a Tiger roar. And anyone who's seen him play live can attest to that. His body language, if you go back a couple years, a couple days before he got in the car accident, Riviera is his tournament. It's in LA. And he was sitting with Jim Nance. His face looked puffy. His back was messed up why he couldn't play in the tournament. And he looked awful. He looked terrible. And a couple days later, the accident happened. He was in a bad place. It was clear. Like, we've seen Tiger in good places and we've seen him in bad places. He was in a bad place. Now, the accident, no one could have seen that coming. But just in terms, his back was not in a good shape. His face looked just bad. He looked bad. You watch him talk to Jim Nance this year at Riviera. He looked fantastic. He looked good. There was an aura and a vibe around him that felt positive. The moment he showed up at the grounds... On Sunday, and all the shots from Golf Channel and Freddie Couples and Justin Thomas and those guys playing with him on Monday, his body language, his vibe was, I mean, elite. I mean, you you could tell he felt happy, he felt engaged, he felt in good spirits, and to me, I was blown away. I, I really was. Like, then you start going, well, how's his golf game? And listen, playing on the range and playing in practice rounds is not the same as tournament play. He'd be the first to tell you that. But then they get done playing on Monday and Freddie Couples goes, well, I don't know what to tell you, but he looked pretty damn good to me. 
Justin Thomas is one of the longer players on tour. He's like, yeah, he's like five yards behind him, flushing his irons. You know he knows how to putt around here. His short game's always elite. I was like, well, he's in a great place mentally. Physically, he's in as good of a place as he can be. And his golf game's in good shape? Well, his greatest advantage around here is his knowledge of the course. Nobody knows more about Augusta of where you can miss, of where you can't miss, of where to hit the ball in terms of the slope on the green from everything I've read and heard and heard players say for years is outrageous. Well, he's the greatest iron player of all time, and nobody knows where to place the ball. The irony about Tiger Woods is he's known for like the first guy that was hitting him really far and super aggressive. He's not a very aggressive player in big tournaments. He really outthinks you to death. He'll just fairways, middle of the green, two putts. And when he takes his shots, he'll birdie a couple holes. He doesn't fuck up. He will allow you to screw up. It's why he's the greatest front runner in the history of the sport. Because when he gets a lead, he can play prevent defense till the cows come home. Most people can't. Most people crack. I've even heard Rory talk about this. He said the craziest thing about playing with Tiger Woods over the last five or six years he had more money than God. He had more championships than anyone but Jack Nicholas. Yet he always played the right play. He's like, Tiger, why wouldn't you just go for the pin? And Tiger would be like, that's not the right play. <laughs> Tiger is a golfing genius. So to me, if his game is just like 85, 90%, his head's in the right spot, he knows this course, it would not shock me if he's just in the mix. Now, do I think he's going to win? I don't. Does that mean I didn't sprinkle $25 on him just because if he does, you better believe I got a piece of the action? I did. <laughs> uh, I think my my main red flag on him is on Monday, I'm recording this on Tuesday. I'm not sure if he played a practice round or not. I don't think he did. I think he just hit balls. I think he said he was going to play nine more holes on Wednesday, weather permitting. But on Monday, when he played with Freddie Couples, his good buddy, uh, Newport Beach resident, and his close family friend now, the Thomases, Justin Thomas. By hole eight and nine, people were commenting, you could tell he kind of had a slight limp. And so my only question mark with Tiger Woods this week, will the leg hold up Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Because I think Thursday, adrenaline, the crowd, no issues. How about the second nine on Friday? And then if he makes the cut Saturday, Sunday, that's where what makes me nervous. Because it wasn't that long ago in December playing in that tournament with Charlie where he rode a cart that he was grimacing after shots. on the, they, they basically played 36 holes in the second 18. You could tell. I mean, it was painful. Understandably so. He almost had to amputate his leg. But I can't wait. It just doesn't get any better than this. Tiger Woods, the Masters, 14-month comeback, the anticipation, the buzz. You know, uh, FanDuel has him 48-1. to 1. You'd be crazy to not just 10 bucks, 20 bucks, just just a little. Because if he does it, hell, top five, top 10, I, I would hammer it all just to root. You want to be the guy rooting against Tiger Woods? Not me. And to me, he is the tide that lifts all boats. He makes this tournament way bigger for John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, DJ, Kepka. He, he's just, he takes this tournament to a completely another level. And let's talk about some of the big guns. I've been betting on John Rahm a large percentage of this year. And he hasn't lived up to the hype. He just hasn't played that well. In terms of his irons, yeah, it's like his statistics in terms of tee to green and shots grained, 
from the from the fairway are good. His putting has been atrocious. Now, he's been really good here. But I'm not betting on John Rahm. I'm taking Justin Thomas. I've been on this guy basically for six months. Once Bones joined the bag, Bones has won this tournament three times carrying Phil Mickelson's bag. Which, think about that. Phil Mickelson essentially told by the elites at Augusta, you are not welcome here. They can claim he didn't want to come. They can say whatever they want. He was told, do not show up. Who does not come to the Masters as a former champion? Unless you're sick or on your deathbed, you show up. He didn't. Tells you everything you need to know. This is Tiger's week now. Honestly, it's tough look for Phil. But I'm going with JT. JT is my pick. I actually like JT to win St. Andrews as well. I think this is the type of year that he could win a couple majors. And having Bones could take him to another level. Uh, I just think this is his time. It really is. Now, I'm not saying John Rahm is not going to be a factor, but if I have to take one of the two favorites, I'm taking Justin Thomas. Uh, And I I think Bones is just going to be a huge, huge positive element for him getting over the the hump. Then there are the two young studs. I put a future bet on on, uh, Victor Hovland weeks ago, probably two months ago, actually, at 22 to 1. He's currently 19 to 1. Now, I don't feel great because he can't chip, but just in terms of ball striking and birdie ability, this guy at any moment could have five birdies in seven holes, whether he's playing Augusta or whether he's playing the local Muni. I think this guy's ability to go heat check like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson is unmatched on the PGA Tour. Nobody can get like him. Now, the problem is if he's missing greens and has to bring out a 60 degree or his 56 degree or his 54 degree, whatever sandwiches he has, they don't work that well. Now, he was the low amateur the year Tiger won in 19. I think last year he was T21. So he's played this course a couple times in multiple different scenarios, right? But I I just, I'm off Morikawa because I think everyone's going to bet him. He hasn't been playing that well. Though, this is a second shot golf course. And beside Tiger Woods, he's the best iron player, him and Rom. So, wouldn't shock me if Morikawa's in the mix. I just got my money on Hovland, so I can't pivot now. Two guys who I questioned, and then I watched them play in match play, both win their group, then they played each other in the Elite Eight, Kepka and DJ, who I both think are alive. And both guys have win equity. Obviously, DJ won here in fall of 2020, and I think it's fair to say that wasn't a normal Masters. He set the scoring record. It was a different tournament in the sense that the greens were running differently. It was softer. It's just not normal. But DJ has been in the mix here before in normal times. So it would not shock me if DJ is in the mix. Same thing with Kepka. No player has a lower score in the majors over the last four years than Brooks Kepka. He's obviously a four-time major champion. Two U.S. Opens, two PGA Championships. And in one of those PGA Championships in 2018, he... Fended off a guy named Eldrick Tiger Woods, who was kind of coming into his own and then won the Tour Championship and then a couple months later won the Masters. So Kepka can handle Tiger, he can handle DJ, he can handle beating anyone in a big tournament. His form, who actually he didn't look terrible at Austin Country Club, is kind of rounding into shape. I think it would be prudent to just sprinkle a little bit on Kepka because at any moment you'll look up and Kepka's tied for the lead in the middle of Saturday and you're like, damn. Should have known. This guy's a major champion player. And he is. Uh, A couple other long shots I like. 
I've been on Gary Woodland all year long. He has three top tens this year. He has multiple top fives. He's playing really well. He won at Pebble Beach. He can play tough golf courses. Now, his history at this golf course is not great. But I have watched him very closely over the last two months because I've had money on him in basically four out of like the last six tournaments. And he is playing well. He's long. Uh, his short game is pretty good. His putting has greatly improved. And this guy has won several times on the PGA Tour as well as the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. Fended off a guy named Brooks Kepka, who was trying to win his, whatever it would have been at the time, his fifth major. So this guy has win equity if he can just figure out this course. Another guy who I don't know if I like to win it, but would not shock me in at 13-1 to on FanDuel, his odds are pretty tasty, is Billy Horschel. Like Gary Woodland, has played really well this year. Lives in Florida, went to the University of Florida, is just has played this course countless times. Uh, I, I just I like Billy Horschel. So my two long shots are Billy Horschel and Gary Woodland. Top five, top ten. I don't think you can go wrong on any of them. And the one kind of middle shot, just because from the analytics standpoint, uh, a lot of different people's models just has this guy as fitting the models to play well here. Uh, he's he had a moment. I think it was the Arnold Palmer. Was that the Arnold Palmer? I think it was. Maybe it was the Honda. I forget exactly what tournament he could have won and didn't would be Shane Lowry, who won a major championship several years ago, who is just a good player. And uh, at 43-1 to on FanDuel, I I think it's pretty tasty. So, I mean, Tiger is all that's going to matter on Thursday and Friday, but I I hope he's in the mix on the weekend. Listen, you would have just given me Thursday and Friday. I don't envision him missing the cut, given that he's never missed the cut. But JT, I love JT, got some cash on Hovland, like DJ, Gary Woodland, Billy Horschel. And man, this is, uh, it, it doesn't, this doesn't get much better in the Masters. Like, I don't love horse racing, but I watch the Kentucky Derby. I don't love, I was going to say racing, but I watch the Indy 500. I don't, you know, Daytona 500, but I pay attention. I do pay attention. You don't have to love golf to watch this tournament. Like, it, it just matters, right? You don't have to love basketball to get into the NCAA tournament. And you put Tiger in this thing, these TV ratings about to pop off. The first major is a tradition unlike any other. And right now, new customers at FanDuel Sportsbook get 30 to 1 odds on Jordan Spieth, on Rory McIlroy, and Dustin Johnson to make the cut at Augusta. That's right. If any of those players make the cut, you win big. I love Jordan Spieth. Hell, I like him to win it. I actually don't mind Dustin Johnson to win it either. But all three of these guys, I promise you this, are going to make the cut. There's no better time to get in on the action than with FanDuel Sportsbook. The app is easy to use. There are so many different betting options. And when you win, you'll get paid fast. You drive down Magnolia Lane and take a swing at betting the first major. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get 30 to 1 odds on Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, or Dustin Johnson to make the cut at Augusta. FanDuel Sportsbook, official betting operator of the PGA Tour. 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. 
See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat, Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP, Louisiana, or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-888-9789, Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700, Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. We're recording this. We had to record this week before because he's just had to do, you know, we, we did the math 15, 16. He's been to a lot of these. 
Uh, it's called Augusta National, the Masters. I, you know, it's safe to say the biggest event of the sport, at least domestically for us in America, the Masters. I know we have a U.S. Open, but I would say the Masters is bigger from a just common fan standpoint, kind of cuts through the noise. Jason Sobel, Mr. Golf, Sirius XM, Monday through Wednesday, uh, 2 to 4 Eastern, Links and Locks, Action Network podcast. And you can find him on Twitter. He's got so many uh, previews, probably rock and rolling if you're looking Monday or Tuesday, getting ready for Augusta and does it get any better than this week, Sobel, for as a as a golf fan, but really as a sports fan? I mean, this is one of the bigger events, non-football, on the sports calendar of the year. It, it's massive. And so, you know, I it takes me a few weeks. You know, I, I start writing preview stuff and start working on my, my content weeks ahead of time, then uh, make that drive the Sunday before to Augusta National and uh, be able to uh, be on the grounds the entire time. I'm going to be uh, throughout the week doing uh, not just my own show, Hitting the Green on Masters Radio, but I'm going to be doing some hits for the pregame show. I'm going to be doing post-round interviews, one-on-ones with players after they come in following their rounds. And I'm going to be hosting the post-game show with Drew Stoltz on Masters Radio every single night after play ends, which is just, I mean, yeah, at some point I kind of pinch myself. and go, this is ridiculous, really. Like, did I win a lottery or something? I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you've you've been out there and around. I mean, obviously, Tiger is the uh, the premier guy of the last you know two and a half decades. But just the Rory's, the JT's, the Spees, it feels like they know like walking onto the grounds. I mean, it's weird to talk about Phil, but a couple of years ago when he was driving down Magnolia Lane and he was this back when he was really popular, you know, on social media and the, the videos, and it's just it feels like these guys know that they're kind of when they walk on the hollowed ground and th- their juices. Like, is their focus? Does it feel different when you see him at? the waste oh. management or even Memorial or some of the bigger non-master majors. If you had only been to a master's, I know people say, you know, kind of the other way around, Hey, I've been to regular events. And if I go to a master's, wow, I see the palpable difference in it. If you had only been to the master's and then went to a regular PGA tour event, you go, well, where, where's the intensity? Don't these guys care? Like what's going on here? Yeah. They care at those ones, but they really care at the masters. I mean, you can tell it's just ratcheted up a handful of notches and, these guys are all working on their games. This is what they want to peak for. And you're right. This is the biggest. And there might be a few players out there who say, you know, the, the Open Championship is the big one for me. It's the oldest. I'd rather win a Claret Jug or maybe a U.S. Open. It's the most uh, democratic golf tournament in the world. And for that reason, I want to win that one. For the most part, though, I would say it's 80 to 90% of the pros out there would take a green jacket over anything. This is the pinnacle of achievement in our sport. And all the best players are going after it. There's a reason why in the last 12 years, we haven't had a player outside the top 30 in the world ranking win the Masters because the cream of the crop tends to rise at this event. They tend to climb the leaderboard. They know how important, how relevant it is at this one this week. Well, you know, we don't know how he finished at the Valero when we're recording this. Obviously, he won it last year, but a fan favorite, and I think he's kind of the modern day Phil is Jordan and you know he's he just plays well here regardless yeah. how he's coming in is is he a guy not just from a gambling standpoint but just as a golf standpoint that you just you take seriously when this thing kicks off just because regardless how his form is he just knows this place so well and he's so comfortable out there that he can win it yeah absolutely i thought last year at the Valero Texas Open it was a little bit different he started trending in the right direction we'd seen it in Phoenix during that third round, I think 61 or 62. And we yeah. saw him moving in the right direction, but he hadn't won in four years. And so we kind of thought he, he kind of needs a win. He can't just show up in Augusta 
and hope to win for the first time in four years. And so he got the win last year and he played really well when he got to the Masters. This year is a little bit different. I don't feel like he needs that real big triumph going into it. He's played well this year. It's not over the top great. It's not terrible. It's just sort of, it's pretty well. But again, Jordan Spieth is a type that doesn't really measure himself until he gets to the major championships anyway. And yeah, I expect it to be a really good week for him just because it's always a good week for him at Augusta National. He figured something out early and most players aren't able to do this. We know that experience plays a major factor. Although I will say, I think experience is a little bit overrated on this golf course. That's sort of the old notion 15, 20 years ago. Hey, you've got to have experience here. And there's only a few guys who jump in and just start finding success right away. I think what we're going to find is more often than not, these guys in the in their 20s who are coming up now as some of the better players in the game, uh, these guys are going to find some success at Augusta National. Jordan Spieth has sort of been the leader in this current era of showing them, hey, it's possible. You can show up here your first time, find success, and then win not long afterwards. And that's what he's done. I expect another good one from him this week. Yeah, before we dive into some of the guys in the 20s, a guy in his early 30s who's, you know, he wins this thing. He'd have the career grand slam. And it's a guy that we always talk about. He's one of the most famous players in the history of the game is Roy McIlroy. Is he a guy that you have any confidence coming in to the Masters in 2022? Or is it it ever going to happen? Because you you could never say never, but it does feel like just kind of weird for him at this event, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, at some point now he's trying to change it up and you played the Valero Texas open and okay. I like that. You know, it's not just, I'm going to bang my head against the wall until something different happens. It's Hey, well, let me try something new. I'm going to play the week before the masters. I don't know. Maybe that works. And so I'd like to see it happen for Rory. I think Rory can go from not having won a major in eight years. It's amazing. It's been almost eight full years since Rory's won a major. He can go from the narrative of, What's wrong with Rory? Why can't Rory win? How come he hasn't won a major too? And this was brought up to me the other day. If he wins this coming week at Augusta National, he might be the best European player of all time. I mean, he's going to have the career Grand Slam, just the sixth player ever to do it. And he can completely change that narrative about what we say when we talk about Rory McIlroy. That said, boy, there's a lot of scar tissue there for him. And I just, uh, am I confident in Rory? Look, I'm always pretty confident in Rory. I always think that he can play well. He's just not at the top of my list right now. Okay, let's dive into the favorites. And speaking of Europeans, he got the monkey off his back last year. He won a major, John Rahm. He was the number one player in the world until Scotty Scheffler went on a Tiger-like 40-day stretch. Uh, but John Rahm, he's still the betting favorite at you know, 9, 10 to 1, which as we talked earlier in the season, it was getting outrageous for a guy that wasn't winning that much, 6, 7 right. to 1. So it's come back to earth a little bit. I was on him huge to the players. Hard really to take much. That was a weird event, right, with the mm-hmm. weather. But, you know, the short game just looks a little off to me, you know, for a guy that strikes the ball as well as anyone. Do you have any faith John Rom at that number can win the major, can, can win the Masters? The putter has not been great, and he needs to figure out his putting stroke, and I'm not sure he can do that this quickly. That said, I will say the one thing that John's got going in his favor right now, we all know he's a hot-tempered guy. He gets fired up. I've heard from players who play small money games with him back home in Scottsdale that uh, if he loses, he's throwing clubs and he's cursing. He's getting mad about stuff. It's not just in a major championship. I mean, this is a guy who runs hot on a regular basis. Maybe the best thing for Rom was getting eclipsed on the world ranking just last week by Scotty Scheffler. 
who won the match play and uh, moved into number one in the world. I, I wonder if Rom, not that he was getting complacent whatsoever, but I wonder if Rom just needed to kind of get that edge back a little bit to have people say, hey, you know what? You ain't number one, no, number one anymore. Now you're number two. How's that feel? And, and maybe just even if he's not hearing that from the outside, even that's just an internal voice telling him that. Uh, maybe just fires him up a little bit more to kind of, you know, go out there and and play some better golf. But yeah, he's, he's been good. Look, I still think he's, you know, if, if you had a draft, you line him up right now, who's the best player in the world. I still take John Rahm over Scotty Scheffler or anybody else, but yeah, he's got to start making some putts. And I don't know that Augusta national is the place where you start making some putts. Uh, my, my pick to win the major or win the masters and his second major, uh, which is crazy because he feels like he's won more than one major, but he struggled in majors and he struggled at the Masters. And that's Justin Thomas. But he has a new running mate named uh, named Bones, who yeah. has been a, who's been on the bag for a guy that's won this tournament a few times. And you, you guys that are in the deep in the game always talk about the, the nuances of this course. The guys, you know, that's what Tiger and Phil kind of hang their hat on and why they can compete at older, you know, as they get older, because they know this place so well. Now, Justin's played here a lot, but adding bones feels like, does this take him over the edge? And I know he struck the ball as well as anyone this year. His putter's been a little hit or miss, like John Rahm, but I love him this week, Sobel, at, you know, 12, 13 to 1. Talk me off that ledge. No, I can't. I really like JT as well. He's not quite at the top of my list. He's certainly within the top five, though. I would venture to say that with Bones by his side, JT will he he will know a few more things about Augusta National by the time he tees off Thursday than he knows right now as we're speaking. Uh, he's he's going to learn some things from Bones. And uh, look, even for for guys at the highest level, even the the most subtle little you know detail here and there can really help a guy out. So uh, I, I do think that JT is a very viable candidate. I I, I don't have necessarily a, a negative against JT other than just it's been a long time since he won. It's been over a year now since he's won a golf tournament. That's way too long for a guy who has his talent level. I, I just wonder if he gets under the gun and he presses so much that it hurts him a little bit. But that said, that's that's a very, very small complaint right there. Very small little uh, dose of pessimism towards Justin Thomas because I like everything else about him going into this week. It's weird. We've talked about a bunch of names. We haven't even mentioned the number one player in the world. Yeah, he, he's won three times. I mean, which feels like a tiger like heater, right? That you just don't see in modern day golf winning that many, especially, I mean, these weren't just some random tournaments in Puerto Rico. I mean, these were fields that were tough big time golf tournaments that have been won by some of the best in the history of the game. But my, my pushback on not betting Scotty Scheffler, at least as to win. And I bet these odds, you probably know better than me. I mean, I see 16 to one. What do you think it was at the beginning of the season for Scotty Scheffler when the match 35 to one, 40 to oh, one. So, yeah. So that they've been cut in half probably in the last several weeks. It's hard to say he doesn't have a legit chance because no one's playing better than him right now, but, and he's played only there a couple of times, but he's had, you know, some success for a younger player what are your thoughts on Scotty Scheffler heading into the Masters? Yeah, you know what they say about the stock market? Past performance is not indicative of future success. And so I think a lot of people right now are saying Scotty Scheffler has won three of his last five starts. The guy can't lose. Number one in the world. I'm going to take him for the Masters. Look, I'm not saying it's a bad play by any means. I'm not saying, you know, this is not some anti-Scotty Scheffler rant by any means. At some point, it's just 
look, there's so many good players. You're only going to win so many events. If your name isn't Tiger Woods and the year isn't 2000, you're not going to win every single time you tee it up. And so I, I just wonder, like, look, it's not a knock on Scotty. I still think he's a great player. He's won three times. He's just not going to win nine times in four majors this year. It's just it, things don't work out that way. And so, uh, you know, he he might rather trade the uh, the API and the match play victories for a green jacket instead. But it's just not how it works. And so uh, I tend to look at Scotty and say he's maybe peaked a little bit too early. The game's best players try to peak four times a year. I've asked them about it for years. Best answer I ever got was from Jason Day, who literally looked at me, threw his hands up, and just kind of shrugged. And I don't know how I try to peak four times a year. It's like it's not like I'm trying to play worse two weeks ahead of time so that I can play better when I get to Augusta. But uh, he's kind of Scotty Scheffler. I feel like has has sort of played some of his better golf. And again, maybe it means nothing, but the law of averages just kind of tells us that at some point he's going to stop winning, isn't he? Yeah, you would think one of, one of my favorite gifs on the internet streets is when the Undertaker, you know, he he comes out of the casket uh-huh. and he's alive again. And I, I felt yeah. watching the match play, two guys that have a combined six majors, they've both been number one in the world, and they they were good friends a couple years ago. It feels like their friendship isn't quite yeah, the same. Not. In Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson, but a couple Florida guys that obviously when they're on can beat anyone ever, right? I mean, they they are as good as it gets. Looking at those two specific players, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, who who has more win equity coming in to this Masters? John, for a few years, after he won the 2017, uh, was it the PGA, I believe? PGA or US Open, the first one? Uh, PGA. Um, after he won two uh, in, in 2018, I looked at it and I said, you know, I, I'm just, I'm not buying into this whole narrative that Brooks Kepka can essentially just show up to a major championship, flip the switch and say, hey, look at me. I'm the best player in the world now. I just I wasn't buying it. I finally started to buy in. I finally just started to buy into, you know what? Brooks is that good. He doesn't necessarily get doesn't mean he's not trying to play well at other events, but he might give it 90 percent at other events, and then give it 110 at the majors and just step it up a few notches. And so I'm all over Brooks Kepka this week. He's my favorite outright play on the board. Uh, I do think that, look, he understands how to win major championships. He's scared of nothing. He plays with a chip on his shoulder. There's no weakness in his game. Look, he drives it a long way. He's a great ball striker. He's an underrated putter. He's really good with the flat stick in his hands. Uh, he's contended at Augusta National in the past. Uh, he's healthy now. Uh, he's confident now. He's played well. He's put up some uh, some decent performances, really, other than his 2019 major win, this is the best he's played before any potential major championship title. And so I look at all those things, put them all together. I said, there's no reason not to play Brooks Kepka this week. One thing I will say about DJ. Now, granted, it was Sunday at the players. Not much. He was well out of it. I think he shot 63. And then at the match play, you could just tell. I wouldn't say he's got all of his swag back, but it looked a little bit more like the DJ we knew from 17 and 18 that was the best player in the world. So I, I, to me, both those guys, I, I could see them both. Like Just like a couple of years ago when Tiger won, they were both there. It would not shock me at all if they're both in the top five coming into the back nine. Another name, I mean, this guy's just a top five machine. Uh, when Tiger won it, he was the guy sitting next to him in the, in the Mike Gundy orange. And I, I have a I have a wager on Victor Hovland at 18 to one. I actually got him at 22 to one. It's been moving up because he's been playing so well. 
he can't chip, but luckily he just hits fairways and greens. He might can avoid that. Now, historically, you know better than me. It feels like you cannot win Augusta if your short game's a little off. It's just, it's too difficult. Uh, what do you think about Victor Hovland? Is, is, is chipping, is that too much to overcome to, to win this term? I think we're all confident he can be top 10 with his eyes closed mm-hmm. in any major right now, but to win a major. In a word, yes. I, I mean, yeah, I, you don't find top 10 players, the elite level players with a glaring weakness in their games right now. I mean, the only other guy I can, I can really uh, compare to Hovland is Will Zalatoris, who's not in the top 10. He's close, but Will Zalatoris was struggling with his putter and has struggled with his putter for so long. Looked really good at the match play. It looks like he's turned things around until Victor Hovland turned things around with the wedge from around the greens. I just don't see him showing up at Augusta National. He's going to have to hit 72 greens this week for him to have a serious chance of contending. And so, uh, you know, at some point, is he going to win a major? Absolutely. At some point, is he going to figure out how to chip uh, better from around the greens? Absolutely. Is it going to be this week? Again, I just don't think you turn right from Washington Road onto Magnolia Lane and all of a sudden you go, ah, now I got it. All right, I figured it out. I know how to chip now. If you've got a weakness, Augusta National is just going to uh, to show off and magnify that weakness, and I think that's going to be the issue for Victor Hovland for this one. Is there any of the top dogs? I mean, we haven't mentioned Morikawa, Cantlay, any of the top dogs that I, we haven't talked about that you know, you, you're intrigued by or want a little action on? Uh, Cantlay is certainly a guy. I've, I, I've had three futures just, just for a couple of weeks. I, I like to wait on this stuff, but Kepka I mentioned. Yeah, Brooks Kepka I mentioned. I really like Brooks Kepka. Patrick Cantley is the guy who, if you had asked me two or three months ago, and people were, trust me, asking me two or three months ago who I like to win the Masters, it was Patrick Cantley. Came out of the gates 2022 uh, playing really well. Four finishes uh, between second and ninth place. So four top tens to start. Since then, a 33rd place finish at Riviera, which should suit him as well as any golf course in the world. Missed the cut at the players. He was on the right side of the draw, but doesn't tend to play his best golf in Florida anyway. And then played okay at the match play. Didn't advance out of his group. None of those individually are, are things that I look at and say, oh, well, that's, you know, that, that's not good for Cantlay. But you put them all together and you say, he hasn't played his best golf. Essentially, what it, it's done for me is dropped him from the top of my list down to maybe second or third on my list. I still really like Patrick Cantley. And the other name, and uh, John, as we're talking right now, a week ahead of time, I'm looking at DraftKings. There are 13 players who are 20 to one or shorter, which is unbelievable. How are we supposed to make money doing this stuff? I mean, you know, the, the, the amount of short odds. I love parity in the game of golf, but parity has also brought so many guys close to the top of the odds board that it makes it really difficult. So when looking for a bargain, there just aren't a whole lot of bargains out there. One guy that I find a bargain on is a guy who wasn't the top 10. He's just outside the top 10 right now. Sam Burns at 40 to one. I'm telling you, the only thing separating him from being 20 to one instead of 40 to one is the fact that he has yet to play in a single Masters. We all know the last guy to win in his Masters debut was Fuzzy Zeller back in 1979. That said, doesn't mean it can't happen. I think Sam Burns is good enough to at least give it a run. At 40 to one, I'll take a shot on him. I had a group which I considered long shots, 35 to 45 range. It was Shane Lowry, Daniel Berger, Louie, and Burns. If you were ranking those, you Burns would be your guy of that group? Yeah, I think he's that good. 
And, and like I said earlier, experience, I think, tends to get overvalued just a little bit. I feel like it's an older notion that, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, we might have looked at the guys, hey, he's playing his eighth, ninth, 10th Masters. He's finally figured it out. I think these guys are starting to learn. The learning curve is a little quicker uh, when they're getting out there. And so I, I expect uh, some younger players. Look, if Will Zalatoris finished second last year, there's no reason Sam For Burns sure. can't make a run at it this year. In that group, Lowry, Berger, Louie, maybe not to win, but if you were going to take a top 10 out of one of those three, any of them? Do you buy into the notion of, you know, obviously some of those guys play a cut that it's a drawers course for a right-handed yeah, a guy? a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think there's something to that. Berger certainly uh, plays that cut a little bit. I, I, I've been waiting for Berger. I, I keep getting Berger wrong in the weeks that I like him. He doesn't necessarily show up, although I had him at the Players' Championship. I think he was one of my favorite plays that week. It just kind of came up a little bit short. I, I Shane Lowry is intriguing to me. Um, I, I just don't know that he's he's got what it takes to be there down the stretch, seriously in contention um, to win this thing. But yeah, I, I could go for a Lowry top 10. I, again, I'm going to have my rankings out at the Action Network, the entire field. I can see each of those three guys being somewhere in the teens for me. So, you know, maybe not a great top 10 bet, but all of them is top 20 bets. Sure. I'm okay with that. How about the group of guys, former champions from Hideki to Bubba to Sergio to Patrick Reed to Adam Scott, kind of that group of guys that, you know, obviously Hideki recently won. I know he's banged up a little bit right now, but guys that you'd say a little past their prime, a little older, not Patrick, who's just playing bad, but like the Adam Scott Sergio's any, any of that group that would maybe not to win it, but wouldn't shock you if they're just in the mix come the weekend. Without having that whole list in front of me, so I'm just going to take the name. You're just kind of the big right name, there. four or five yeah, guys. I, yeah. I will go with. I'll go with Adam Scott. Uh, Adam Scott's obviously a classic ball striker. We all wish we had a swing that looked anything close to Adam Scott's swing. We know how good he is from tee to green. He's become a pretty good putter. Yeah, uh, you know the guy can roll it. He's got that longer putter. Um, you know, switch back and forth every once in a while. But Adam Scott got this reputation for this first. 15, 18 years as a professional that he can't make any putts. He's actually a pretty good putter these days. And so uh, combined with the fact that he knows Augusta National, he knows these greens, he's won in the past. Yeah, Adam hasn't, isn't a guy that's been contending for titles on a regular basis, but it, the floor is very high for Adam. So uh, I look at that and I say, look, the floor is really high. You know, at worst, he finishes top 20, top 30, but at best, he can give this thing a run again, sure. And he probably knows that window of opportunity is starting to close just a little bit for him. And says, you know, I gotta go out there and give it my best because who knows how many more years I have of coming back to Augusta where I'm a legit uh, candidate to go out and, and possibly win this golf tournament. You know, it's crazy. I'll get you out of here on this. I, I realized I, I would say coming into last year's Masters with Tiger out, it felt like the biggest story was Bryson that he cracked the code and he dropped that he said it was a bar 67 or 68 or whatever the hell he said. Now he's got a broken handmade bone or a fracture that happens like baseball players when they get hit. He's got a labrum in his hip. Uh, you watched him, I'm sure, a little bit last week. Just the vibe of anyone you talk to. Do you have any expectations for him coming into this? I mean, obviously the Masters, when he was healthy with his new style, kind of owned him. Uh, now he's trying to take a little off, but it's just... He's, it feels like he's in a little bit of no man's land for his own game right now. This is a second shot golf course. And so Bryson, when he's at his best, when he's 100% healthy and he's playing well, Bryson is a, 
uh, a bomb and gouge player. He's the ultimate bomb and gouge player. Yeah. Let me hit driver. Let me hit some little wedges and let me make some putts. He's actually a very good putter. Yeah, he is. But it's the stuff in between that Bryson doesn't excel at. And so that's the things. Th- those are the things that you need to do well at Augusta National. So even when he's on his game, even when he's completely healthy, this isn't a course that really suits his game. I think when he's something less than 100% and when he's not playing his best, it's even going to be worse for him. So I don't like Bryson whatsoever moving forward. I respect the hell out of the fact that he tried to play through it at the match play, didn't get out of his group. He's going to try to play the Valero Texas Open. We're, again, speaking before uh, that tease off. We're recording early in the week of Texas Open week. So don't know how he's going to wind up playing. But no, I, I don't like him moving forward for Augusta. It's not just this week, but it's really every year uh, until we see something different from from Bryson. I think he's going to be more of a U.S. Open PGA Championship type of player than a Masters type of player. So uh, enjoy it because it doesn't get any better. Tell yeah. us again. You, you listed off. I, I know the uh, after the round, you said you and Sleaze on Sirius XM. Yeah. Tell, tell yeah. Sleaze. Middlecoff says, what's up? Love that guy. So uh, let us know where we can hear you next week. Yeah, all over Masters Radio, which is uh, the Series XM PGA Tour channel. And then, um, yeah, I'm going to be all over Action Network and Golf Bet as well. And we're going to have so much content. I'm I'm working on it already. Again, we're, we're speaking before the Valero Texas Open even starts. I, I can tell you that this past Sunday, I even tweeted it. I'm watching the final match of the WGC match play. I'm writing up a preview for the Valero Texas Open, and I'm writing about eight different previews for the Masters at the same time. I was confusing myself, John. I don't even know what day it is, what week (laughs) it is anymore, but you're right. I can't wait for this. It's going to be so good. By the way, life hack, if and when you do go to Augusta National, you open up one of those egg salad sandwiches or the pimento cheese sandwiches. You get them to give you a little crispy bacon. You throw the bacon inside those sandwiches, close it back up. There you go. Bacon makes everything better. It makes those sandwiches about 20 times better. Didn't Dustin say the pimento cheese sandwich is favorite sandwich on earth? He did say like sandwiches. When he was asked, <laughs> like, what's your favorite thing about Augusta? Sandwiches. <laughs> I'm, I'm not far off. I'm right there with the, with. How, the well, what's your over under number of slam down when you're there throughout the week? Uh, it'll be a lot. It's mostly the egg salad. The egg salad yeah. goes down real easy. It's, hey, look, it's eggs. It's morning. You get Protein. there at 8 o'clock yeah. in the morning, 7 o'clock in the morning. You're like, Hey, I want some eggs, you know, so I, it'll be the egg salad sandwiches will be in, you know, maybe up to the high teens, uh, up to maybe 20 or so, which uh, it seems like a lot over the course of seven days. Yeah. All right. Do they, do, I know teens. that they don't allow the, uh, the patrons to bring in their food. Are you allowed to bring in your cell phone as a, as a member of the working media? I'm going to tell you that not only am I allowed to bring in my cell phone last year, I was doing. Uh, interviews on the course and we're a rights holder with Sirius XM and I've still got the sticker. You can barely read it anymore. I'm showing you on our zoom call right now. I've got that sticker sort of still on the back of my phone. I was one of, I don't even think many of the members have stickers on their phones, but I was one of very few people who could bring their phone out on the golf. Oh, because when that sticker, they can't confiscate it. Correct. That's you could sell that thing on the books. You could sell that thing on the black market for a lot of money there. So I would have lost my job. I I just have to make more money than I I lose (laughs) losing my job. So no, you um, you don't want to lose the ability to go to the Masters. So that that thing's priceless. Thanks, Sobel. Enjoy the week. I will try. Thank you. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? 
And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, let's do a little uh, golf mailbag. At GoLoPod is the Instagram. At GoLoPod is the Instagram. Go uh, follow that and uh, slide up in my DMs. Ask a question if you want. Let's start with... uh, with my man Fergus. Not really a question, but I was speaking to my dad over the weekend, and he's a longtime golf fanatic. We were talking about the potential of Tiger comeback to the Masters, and he said how important that was to glaze over the Phil Mickelson controversy. Thought it was an interesting point, because it does feel like it is the main story for the tournament now, and no one even remembers that Phil will be absent. Trying to get him to listen to Go Low Pod, but he doesn't really do podcasts. I appreciate that. I agree. I think Tiger, you know, obviously if he physically wouldn't have been able to play, he couldn't have played. But he did the Masters a major solid. Uh, one, the television ratings. I saw someone tweet out that last night, so it would have, I'm recording this on Tuesday, so Monday night, Golf Channel set a Golf Channel uh, ratings record during Masters week. Golf Channel existed for two and a half decades. Tiger, you know, is the straw that stirs the drink here. And Phil, for as big as he is, doesn't sniff Tiger. Hey, John, need some help with picks here. My buddy and I do a pool every every year where we pick eight golfers in the Masters, and the person who golfs 
the person whose golfers average the lowest score wins. In the pick above is the group you can choose from. I'm going to go JT, Cantlay, Scheffler, Matsuyama for the first four. And I'm lost. And after that, I'm lost. Any suggestions? So group five has Ustazen, Hatton, Burns, Casey, Fleetwood. I would go with Burns. Group five, or excuse me, group six has Corey Connors, Fitzpatrick, Answer, Sunjay, Ricky Fowler. Well, Ricky's not even in. I would go Fitzpatrick. Group seven, no-brainer, Tiger Woods. Don't even need to read you the rest of the groups. Uh, like I said, Gary Woodland, Billy Horschel are my two uh, longer shots that I enjoy. Uh, you consistently have at least one take per pod that I openly laugh out loud to. Your take on iron covers and ending with, unless you're a granny, don't use iron covers, is one of my all-time faves. As for my question, we're the same age, born in 84, and I lived in San Ramon for four years and now live in SoCal. So like you, I started playing golf because of Tiger Woods. For me to watch golf these days, it's still binary. If Tiger plays, I watch. If not, I might even skip the majors. I don't think there will ever be another Tiger Woods in terms of skill, plus enamor, plus polarization. So what in the way of, uh, in the way forward for the PGA in terms of viewership and excitement? There are so many good young players, but besides DeChambeau, Kepka feud, they still don't collectively bring the intrigue of Tiger Woods. Uh, just keep keeping it real. It's refreshing, unlike Brandon Staley. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing you can do. Once you lose Michael Jordan, once you lose a Tiger Woods, because he'll eventually retire, you just have to cultivate and get new stars. And a lot of that is out of your control, but part of that is how you market the game. I think there's so much money involved with the game. I, I think that helps. I think this Netflix special, there's a lot of pressure on that thing to be big, because if that thing's big, we know it'll translate. It has for racing, and it will for golf if it's done right. Now, will it be done right? I don't know. No one, We won't know until we watch it, but I think that's a huge element because all these guys are making a ton of money. You get to play golf for a living. Uh, it's a pretty, you get to live wherever you want. It's a pretty cool lifestyle. So, yeah, I mean, some of it's just out of your control. You know, I, 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 I don't know what to tell you. You know, you just, you need a Kobe. You need a LeBron to come around. You need, you know, from... Favre, Aikman, Young, they transition pretty well into Brainy, Manning, and Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, right? You just you just need star players to be studs and to be stars. You know, it's pretty easy to spot a star. You know a star when you see it. Big fan, uh, think this is really neat. You dedicate time to the pod to answer questions for the mailbag. Want to flip the script and give you a chance to gas your golf game up. What's your strongest part of your game? Uh, nothing. I'm playing terribly right now. What's your area improvement? Ball striking off the tee. So I would say irons and my driver. Putting in short game actually is coming around. But right now, you know, I've shot 85, 84 the last two rounds I've played. I'm a four handicap. I'm terrible right now. I need a major reset. Major reset. No one wants to hear about my golf game. Best public golf courses to hit up in LA or San Diego. Not super high on Torrey Pines, bomb and gouge golf course, thumbs down. I'm looking for fun, not punishment. Googled Coronado Golf Course. Any others you've played in San Diego? I've actually never played golf in San Diego. I haven't really even played that much golf in, in Southern California. I played LA Country Club. I played a country club by uh, by whatever it is, Six Flags or you know, up by the Dodger Stadium. I played when I went to a Fox deal with Coward. 
the course by Newport Beach. I think it's Monarch Dunes. I think that's a public course. Not bad. Kind of in the, you know, in, in the OC. But I, I honestly haven't played that much golf in Southern California. So I, I'm a bad guy to ask. Uh, like you said, Torrey Pines to me is a ripoff. I, I'm sure you can find some golf courses around there that aren't bad. But I, I, I'm no help there. Try to get on Riviera or something. <laughs> Big fan of the pod. Insights you provide both golf and football. My question is about Rory and the Masters. For as good as Rory is, why hasn't he been able to push through? Outside of Tiger, somehow winning the Masters again this year, I think Rory winning the Masters finally would be the biggest story with competing the career Grand Slam. He starts terribly at the Masters. He doesn't start well in majors. And let's be real, he just hasn't played that well the last several years relative to his talent and his standards. Now, I thought he was going to have a big season. He just missed the cut at the Valero Texas Open. Uh, I don't have very much faith for him going on this year. And if you've listened to this podcast the whole time, you know, I had a lot of faith for him coming into this season, but I, I am not high on him going into the Masters. But I'm with you. It would be him or Spieth, probably non-Tiger would be the biggest story by far. Just got back from a Phoenix golf trip. Ever played uh, Ak Chin in uh, Maricopa, south of Phoenix? Highly recommend Hidden Gems for Snowbird Golfers. I have not, but I can't wait to get back to Arizona in the near future, even though I just got my tax bill and, uh, yeah, it's, maybe I'm broke now. Why have we not discussed that Netflix will be present at Augusta during Tiger's return? Can you imagine what that episode will look like? Would love to see the story behind it, him playing the practice rounds and how he decides if he plays or not. I agree. I do wonder how much access Tiger will give them. You know, they had, you know, quote unquote deals with a group of like 12, 15 younger guys in Bubba. I don't know. Now, maybe Tiger, you know, he's in a good place. He's happy. He's left like, uh, you know, less of a stick in the mud, I would say, and much more open. So maybe he will give these guys some access because if they get access for that, then we're in good shape because that episode will do a lot of eyeballs. Hey, John, question for the podcast. I'm a double amputee below the knee, and I'm looking to get back into golf, and I'm wondering if you could give me any tips as far as clubs, balls, etc. Thanks, Jeremy. Love the podcast. Haven't golfed in almost 20 years. I have a lot of admiration for you, bro, to keep on keep on rocking and trying to play golf. That's impressive. Uh, I, I would say just go to your local golf mart or golf store. A lot of them now have simulators. And just screw around. Hit some hit some balls. I mean, if you haven't played golf in 20 years, uh, obviously, you know, you're going to have to work through your swing. <laughs> uh, I would say just get the cheapest balls, vice balls or whatever, and just screw around until you find something that you like. But I, I think when you're first getting back into it, it's less about the equipment and more about just what you feel comfortable doing. Joaquin Neiman was one of my big plays this week. But the group just came out and looks like he's paired with Tiger rounds one and two. I'm concerned about this as he's still a young player now and is going to have tons of people following his group. How much should I factor this into this week's bets? It would make me a little nervous. Now, what's cool about Joaquin Neiman is he won Riviera. Tiger handed him the trophy a month and a half ago. And then he gets to play with Tiger. So Riviera is a big-time tournament, and Joaquin Neiman beat the shit out of everyone. So this kid can play, but this is another animal. 
Masters with Tiger and Louie, that's no joke. I would not like Joaquin Neiman as much if I was you and now that, you know, I'm with you. I would pivot from Joaquin Neiman. Saw Tiger at plus 105 to make the cut, which is easy money in my opinion. I also saw the over-under of 75.5 first round, which again, seems to be an easy bet. Take the under. Any other Tiger bets you love this weekend? Now, I think I might have mentioned this. I recorded this podcast in two parts. So the first part, maybe I said this, maybe I didn't. I don't think it's crazy to bet Tiger round one to be leading the tournament. Because I I don't necessarily think he's going to win. But I could see him coming out, shoot four or five under just on adrenaline. And maybe everyone else kind of stumbles. And he's the round one leader. I looked on FanDuel earlier. It's 50 to one. Now, I know historically he hasn't played very well round one. I'd say this is a little bit of a different animal. So I think that is my favorite Tiger bet. Round one, 50 to one, be the first round leader. Because you can get him 50 or 48 to one or whatever to win it. I mean, that seems like a pretty big stretch. I hate betting against Tiger Woods, but how cool would that be if he's leading day one? Can you imagine that place on Friday if Tiger Woods is your round one leader? That would be badass. Again, I'm emotional. I, I, I Like I admitted, I'm a fanboy with this stuff. I, I do not think straight. I can be very, very objective with football. No emotion. I'm emotional here. So maybe you're listening and you think that's a stupid bet. I also dabbled a little Adam Scott, uh, Taylor Gooch. Not Taylor Gooch, but uh, Tom Hoagie as some first-round guys. I like a good first-round leader bet. You can get stupid odds, like 50, 60, 70 to 1. I mean, if you just throw 10 bucks on 70 to 1, that's 700 bucks. Where can you get the ROI of 10 bucks into 700 in four hours? This has to be the strongest, best field Augusta National has ever had. My picks for the Masters in this order Cam Smith and Scotty Scheffler at 15 to 1, Spieth and Morikawa at 20 to 1, and I'll take the greatest golfer to ever walk the planet at 50 to 1. Let's go. I like that. My only issue with Scotty Scheffler is that Scotty Scheffler has won three of the last seven events. So if he were to win this event, maybe it's three of the last six events. So if he were to win this event, he would have won four of the last seven events. That's like the greatest run non-Tiger in the last two decades. I think it's like statistically impossible. And I know Cam Smith's super hot and he played well here a couple years ago. Remember he was with Dustin Johnson, Sunjay, that final round. But I like more the speed. I actually think Jordan, who finished T3 here last year, who's finished second here before, who's won this tournament before, I like I like Jordan's speed. And I think we're all nuts if we just don't sprinkle a little something on Mr. Tiger Woods, the five-time Masters champion. Enjoy Augusta. Enjoy the week. And uh, I'll be back on Friday and then have the mailbag for Middlecoff Mailbag, at John Middlecoff is the Instagram, again, over the weekend. And we'll just keep on rocking and rolling. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And again, Masters Week, baby. Enjoy it. Have a few pops. Sit back. You know, just relax. It's the springtime. It's time to chill and take in the greatest tournament in the history of golf tournaments. Adios.
the volume. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.